This is the Truth Hurts Program with Steve Z. Everything is racist. Everything is racist according to me. Everything is racist. Yes, everything is racist in America in the year 2023 and has been apparently since America was founded. I have been searching high and low to find something in America that is not racist and it's almost impossible to find. But what I did find was a list of at least 100 things in America that according to the 13% hyphenated American minority is racist. The great Thomas Sowell, a recently retired black conservative commentator known by his own race as Uncle Tom, once observed that the word racism is like ketchup. It can be put on practically anything and demanding evidence makes you a racist. Of course, first and foremost on the list of 100 things racist in America is number zero, patient zero, as they said during COVID. The underlying cause of racism in America. Item number zero on the list is, of course, drum roll please, every white person in America and in any other country on planet Earth for that matter. So on our list, white people in general, number one. Classical music is supposedly racist, even though now they're claiming one of the greats was black, with absolutely no proof of it, but that's what they're claiming, so we're supposed to accept that on its face. Facial recognition technology is racist, but here's the kicker. Caucasians, white people, are far more diverse looking, according to AI and facial recognition technology, than Asians, who the black folks say all look alike, or the Hispanics, which black folks say look all alike, or even black folks, which many people say all look alike. There is far less facial diversity in the black community than there is in the white community or the Hispanic community. All right, let's move on. Jingle Bells, the Christmas song, is supposedly racist. The nation's number one residence of the president is known as the White House. And even when Barack Hussein Obama occupied it, it, by its name alone, is racist. Peanut butter and jelly is allegedly racist. The Washington Memorial, the Jefferson Memorial, the Lincoln Memorial, all racist. Primarily because Washington and Jefferson had slaves, and I believe Lincoln did too, but he freed the slaves. Oh, and by the way, he was a Republican. Happy Christmas, War is Over, the song from John Lennon, is allegedly racist. The expression, long time no see, is racist. The expression, sold down the river, is racist. The Declaration of Independence is allegedly racist as well, as is the Christmas song. According to the list, Star Wars and Darth Vader is racist. The term in the peanut gallery is also considered racist. Any sports mascot depicting a Native American Indian, you know, the ones with the feathers, not the dots, is racist. Voter ID laws are, according to the Black African American community, inherently racist. The song God Bless America is racist, as is the national anthem. Number 18, police officers, law enforcement of any kind, racist. Number 19, ketchup, you know, the red stuff that you put on everything to make it taste better, is allegedly racist. 
the entire legal system of the United States of America. Racist. Disney's beloved elephant character, Dumbo. Racist. The English language. Racist. Of course, Republicans are racist, even though they, the Republicans, are the party who freed the slaves. Chopsticks, the little wooden devices that you use to eat sushi with, and the song, allegedly racist. The Gadsden flag, the movie Animal House, any opposition to illegal immigration, all considered racist. Zoning laws, you know, the things that keep someone from putting a rat bag trailer right next to a nice house is considered racist. All Caucasian men, automatically racist. The Adventures of Huckleberry Finn, Tom Sawyer, racist. Any and all standardized testing, racist. Gucci, racist. Prada, racist. Coach, racist. Any building, statue, park, roadway, or other public facility named after any white man, racist. Anyone who is conservative, racist. The Confederacy, racist. The Confederate flag, racist. City bicycle rentals, considered racist. Dress codes of any kind, racist. Self-driving cars are also somehow racist. Kellogg's corn pops, racist. Is that because of the black dude that was whooped of ass by Joe Biden? The United States of America and its founding and very existence, racist. Mathematics, you know, one plus one is two, racist. The United States Constitution, racist. Aunt Jemima products, racist. Lando Lakes Butter, racist. Any television show or movie without a major non-white character, racist. Any movie, book, television show, or other publication which depicts any black person in the role of villain or subservient character, racist. Fast food, racist. Commercial advertisements featuring fatherless black families, racist. The King Tut Saturday Night Live sketch done by Steve Martin, racist. All pornography is said to be racist. Peter Pan, racist. The Jungle Book, racist. Any Dr. Seuss book, racist. Any liquor store located in a minority community, racist. But it's so convenient for them. The American flag in all of its forms, racist. The Betsy Ross flag especially. The culture of tipping a waiter or waitress is considered racist, no matter whether it's a white waitress, a black waitress, an Asian waitress, a Latino waitress, the notion of tipping is like giving your slave a little something, something extra for doing something, something extra. The expression no can do, racist. The FDA's food pyramid, racist. Why, it doesn't start with melons and go all the way up to the top to chitlins? Some pet dogs, racist. There's an asterisk next to, that, next to that one. It says pit bulls excluded. Most doctors, racist. The notion of ride share programs such as Uber, Lyft, etc., racist. Grandfather clauses, racist. Country music in general, unless it has a co-singer or rapper that is black, hootie excluded.
Manual transmissions in cars are considered racist. Car seats that do not recline, <laughs> racist. Pickup trucks are racist unless they squat or have spinning wheels. Guitars, the lead instrument in most racist country music, racist. Uncle Ben's rice, racist. White rice in general, racist. Anyone other than blacks who eat watermelons, pork skins, now and later candy, pork chops, fried chicken, or any other food deemed to be designed for black folks, racist. Any white person who says, let me ask you a question, instead of saying, let me ask you a question, is racist. And then the converse. Any white person who says, ask, instead of ax, is also racist. <clears throat> the terms, yes sir, no sir, yes ma'am, no ma'am, racist. Saying the expression, sweating like a slave, racist. Rope, twine, or any specific knots that might be misconstrued as a hangman's noose, even in a Western movie where a white guy is being hung for cattle wrestling, racist. The term whitewash, racist. Walking with your pants down around your buttocks, unless you're black, racist. The entire Father's Day holiday and anything to do with recognizing your father, racist. Any federal holiday that honors anyone who is not black, racist. White Santa Claus, white Jesus, Donald Trump in any form, racist. Grading of school papers, racist. Advanced placement courses, racist. Honor rolls, racist. Minimum wage, racist. Legacy admissions to colleges, universities, etc., racist. The front seats on any bus. The back seats on any bus. The airport pre-pass screening program. Racist. Cash bail programs. Racist. Jail, prison, or any form of incarceration. Racist. Volkswagens. <laughs> racist. Juvenile justice centers. Racist. Courtrooms. Racist. Work, in general, racist. All chains and ropes, racist. Picket fences, racist. Fox News, racist. And rounding out our list of 100, merit-based anything, such as hiring, promotion, or pay raises, racist. I'm sure the list will grow and grow and grow as time goes by in America, especially in Joe Biden's Democrat America. But that's what we get, right? This is the Truth Hurts program. A local activist wants to hold the St. Louis Public School Board accountable for the poor education outcomes of the Blafrican American 13% hyphenated American students that come out of that district. Chesta Asha urged that school board to address the dismal academic outcomes of black African American students in that school district. Black kids make up about 80% of that student's population and, ironically, a very large percentage of those who are failing. Asher was the first person to jump up and speak in front of the microphone at a public comment period of the July 11th school board meeting. 
He began his very racist, bigoted, and aggressive remarks by listing statistics about academic performance in the district, claiming that 10% of the students in the district can read at grade level. That means, for those of you math-inclined, 90% of the students in that school system cannot read at the grade level to which they are assigned. And since 80% of the students are black, do the math. Asher then went on to list the name of the schools within the district, which include the racistly named Jefferson Elementary and the racistly named Washington Montessori Elementary School, referring to those schools as, quote, the slave owners that welcome our cheering each morning, unquote. Then Asher argued that poor education outcomes lead to incarceration and that poor reading skills would make applying for a job application difficult. Why would you apply for a job application, Mr. Asher? Why wouldn't you just apply for a job? Shows this guy's not very intelligent. He said, and I quote, We will not stand here while you engage in faux deliberation and remain silent while you pay the way for incarceration. You applaud yourselves while allowing our school to pile black bodies on top of piles of black bodies because that is the result of an education system that does not educate. We demand action. Your sham citywide plan sheds no light and provides no direction. Our state test scores are a yearly reminder of your dereliction and the outcomes for our children and communities require your criminal conviction. I do not come in peace to people who hold no passion, no urgency, no care, and no love for black folks. I come in justice, which means I can't rest until you or your replacements provide the education black children deserve." Unquote. Mr. Asher, why don't you place the blame where it truly and rightfully belongs? First, in the failings of the so-called parents of these black children. Secondly, place the blame on the Democratic Party for perpetuating the knee-on-the-neck policies that keep blacks down, that don't prosecute the criminal element in your own community. Black bodies are piling up on black bodies not because the school failed the children, but because the parents failed the children. And the community has failed the children in not demanding that they act right, that they act better, that they spend their time in the classroom learning what is being taught to them instead of goofing off and trying to be cool and impress the girls. Mr. Asher, where is your praise for the Asian kids, also a much smaller minority than the black community, who have more oppression in their past because theirs is recent and not manufactured, yet they exceed and excel in every category area, despite being taught in the same classroom, by the same teacher, with the same curriculum, and the same books. Where is your praise for the white kids who do 20% better than the black kids? Why not set them up as an example of how your black children in the community should be performing? Blacks are the oppressors of Asians in public school systems because the Asians are smaller, less violent, and they do really, really well on tests. Where is your praise, Mr. Asher, for the kids who do excel 
Even the few blacks who said, I'm not going to live like this. I'm going to learn to speak English and pronounce words properly and enunciate words. I am going to learn proper grammar to live in this society known as the United States of America. Where's your praise for the kids who excel, Mr. Asher? Are the good kids all shunned and called Uncle Toms when they succeed? Just asking. And to people like Asher, the really important color is not black or white. It's green. You see, Asher is the founder and CEO of a social justice public school called Ali Academy in St. Louis. Their website states that 80% of the children in St. Louis are not able to read, write, and do basic math on grade level. How in the hell is it the fault of the system when all of the Asian kids can read on grade level? All the white kids pretty much can read on grade level. All the Hispanic kids, despite the obvious language barrier, are reading on grade level. Yes, Mr. Asher looks like yet another race baiter looking for excuses for failure instead of trying to find solutions for success. What a joke. Another Democrat-run city going down the toilets, going down in flames, and trying to blame the evil white person and the system for the failures they cannot handle on their own. The illegal aliens invading our nation who claim to come here to work and find a better life are now playing the race card at an alarmingly increasing rate. And the ambulance chasing lawyers at places like the ACLU and the Southern Poverty Law Center are right there to try and sue every single organization they can, all in the name of perpetuating the lies of racism at every opportunity. When Joe Biden opened the floodgates at the southern border, essentially telling illegal immigrants that it is perfectly fine to violate our most sacred and sovereign border laws, he effectively told those illegal criminal invaders that breaking the law is okay in all circumstances if you are brown-skinned and remember to vote Democrat. Taking their cue from Biden, seeing that blacks are not persecuted or prosecuted for their myriad crimes committed on a daily basis, you know, the no consequences, no bad outcomes scenario. Illegals have decided it's okay to not only break our sacred sovereign border laws, but to break all of our laws. And when they don't follow the rules, they know they have organizations like the ACLU and the Southern Poverty Law Center to get their back, Jack. You see, Latino students have nearly twice the expulsion rate of white students. According to an article I just read, Latino students across the nation face a disproportionate number of suspensions and expulsions in schools. This is according to Erica Rodarte, the ACLU legal fellow. In Nampa and Caldwell, Latino students received in and out of school suspensions at a higher rate than non-Latino students, according to a report. Also, Latino students had double the number of expulsions compared to white students. Perhaps the Latino students should follow the rules like the white students are doing. Perhaps they should abide by the rules. What you think? Let the wah, wah, wah begin. Rodarte said during a Zoom interview with the Idaho Statesman publication, quote, It's a really concerning finding if a student is not in the classroom because they're in out-of-school suspension. Are they receiving educational services? They're missing class time? They're the ones that are being most affected because they're not able to access their education. If they're expelled, they're completely removed from the classroom or from the school district, and that stays on their record. In other words, they don't follow the rules. They have consequences placed against them. 
and then they cry and bitch and whine when it stays on their records. The trends found that students are affected emotionally, labeled as troublesome. Well, if you're causing trouble, you should be labeled as troublesome. These policies have an impact on how comfortable they feel in school and how well they end up doing academically. The American Civil Liberties Union in Idaho, in Boise, says that two Idaho school districts have dress code policies that discriminate against Latino students and therefore result in higher rates of discipline. Nampa and Caldwell school districts have allegedly violated students' civil rights to be free from discrimination based on race, national origin, or the color of their skin because the school districts are allegedly implementing dress code policies that target those Latino students. Give me a break. Both of those districts have school dress code policies that prohibit students from wearing clothing that is affiliated with gangs. I think that's a great idea. The ACLU says the dress codes are vague and they give the schools too much broad discretion to therefore target and label Latin, L-A-T-I-N-E, students as gang members. Latin is the latest gender-neutral term from people from Latin America and other Hispanic backgrounds and countries of origin. Latin. The ACLU found that the students in the two districts have been prohibited even though they have no affiliation with gangs. The ACLU found that the two districts have prohibited students who have no affiliation from, or with gangs from wearing Catholic rosaries to school, or clothing that expresses brown pride, or cholo clothing, a clothing style that represents cultural pride for some Latinos. Stop. Just stop. Why would the ACLU so fervently defend these people? Do you think they would so fervently defend a blonde-haired, blue-eyed white boy if he chose to wear a shirt that said white solidarity or white pride? I don't think so. We know what would happen to a white kid in a MAGA hat. Earlier this year, a Caldwell High School student named Brenda Hernandez was forced to remove a sweatshirt that said brown pride on it. The school district said brown pride is associated with several street gangs. But Hernandez says she was trying to show pride in her Mexican-American heritage. She claims to not be part of a gang. So she went running and whining to the ACLU. She said experience has made her feel like she's not welcomed in her own school. She said in the report to the ACLU, I honestly hate going to school now. Every time I get called down to the office, I get anxiety. And I think, what are they going to do to me? Well, follow the school rules, Ms. Hernandez, and you won't get called down to the office. Other school district students say the schools ban them from wearing rosaries to school. Well, if it's a public school, you know, the whole separation of church and state thing might play there. One anonymous community member told the ACLU that the Lone Star Middle School and the South Middle School institute policies likely in response to school resource officers' belief that rosaries are somehow gang-related. They are. They're related to the Christian gang. Ooh. Across the nation, according to this report, students of color face a disproportionate number of suspensions and expulsions at schools. The questionable policies within those two school districts appear on their face to be race neutral in how they're written. But she claims, in practice, they unfairly target Latino students. This, my friends, is why I firmly believe in school uniforms. This makes everyone dress the same way. 
It's communism 101 in the best way. I don't understand why these communist-loving liberals hate this form of communism here in liberal land. The ACLU recommends the districts hire diverse staff and teachers to better reflect the communities they serve. They also recommend that the districts have accessible data about disciplinary actions. It is insanity, my friends. Follow the rules and you won't get sent to the principal's office. Don't wear stuff that's clearly re, uh, restricted or prohibited in your school's dress code and you won't get sent to the principal's office and be told to change your clothing. Enough of that. Officials in Southern Illinois said that they are now preparing for more crime and more victims as a result of the end of cash bail across the state. On Tuesday, the Illinois State Supreme Court ruled in favor of eliminating the state's cash bail system entirely, which will end bail as a condition of pretrial release. Bottom line, commit a crime, get taken to jail, get fingerprinted, and then you simply get to walk free. It doesn't matter. You can go right out, leave the police station, and rob, rape, steal, carjack right there on the spot once again. And when they bring you back to jail, you don't have to pay bail again, you just get out. Franklin County Sheriff Kyle Bacon, no relation to Christopher Paul Bacon, Chris P. Bacon, that is. Franklin County Sheriff Kyle Bacon told Fox News that people who live in Southern Illinois are extremely concerned about the new law. He said it's an experiment on the backs of the victims of crime, and he says he has serious concerns, as well as so do the people who live there. In the 5-2 ruling, the very liberal Supreme Court of Illinois overturned a ruling from an Illinois judge that last December said a new state law to end cash bail was deemed unconstitutional. Listen to the name, you'll figure it out. Attorney General Kwame Raoul told NPR, quote, someone's experience with the criminal justice system should not vary based on their income level. The law ensures that the decision about whether people are detained pending trial is not based on whether they can afford to pay for their release. Nope, we just let them out. Go on and commit some more crimes while we're waiting for your trial on this one. And maybe you'll show up. Eh, maybe you won't. There's no deterrent for the crime. There's also no deterrent to keep you from coming back to court or to make you come to court. Under the new law, judges in the state will not require those charged with a crime to post any bail in order to leave jail while they wait for their trial. But those who are considered to be a threat to the public or are likely to flee may be required to stay in jail. Well, who makes that determination? By golly, if you look at a black guy and say, I think you're likely to flee or you're a threat to the public, the judge is going to be called a racist. There's going to be all kinds of motions and they're going to let the thug out anyway. The law goes into effect starting in September, according to the Illinois Supreme Court, and many sheriffs in Illinois are very, very unhappy. Sheriff Jeff Bullard of Jefferson County said law enforcement and attorneys will bear the brunt of the new ruling. I say it's all the people in the public, all the new victims. Sheriff Bullard told Fox News, we did our job, we arrested them, we incarcerated them, and then the state's attorney makes the argument that they should be remanded for trial, and then the judge, based on this new guideline, says, I am forced to let them go. That is going to increase crime victim, crime victim frustration, and we share the frustration with those future victims. The act was called the SAFE T, S-A-F-E hyphen T Act, a statute that was enacted two years ago that made changes to the Illinois criminal justice system for the worst and was introduced after the drug overdose and heart attack death of George Floyd that was mischaracterized as a killing at the hands of Minnesota Minneapolis Police Department. 
Many counties in Illinois, including Franklin County and Jefferson County, experience high numbers of drug-related trespassing and burglaries, according to the sheriff. Officers will continue to serve and protect their citizens to the best of their ability under the new law, but how this change will affect policing remains unclear to them. Bail reform advocates argue the current cash bail system bases freedom of those awaiting trial largely on their ability to pay money. They say it, of course, disproportionately affects communities of color. Now, why is that? Well, maybe because communities of color or those who live in those color communities don't work, don't have an income, or they spend it all on useless stuff and can't afford bail, so they whine and cry and say, it's racist. You don't work, you don't save, you don't pay taxes, and now that supposedly is a reason or an excuse or a justification to get out of jail free? Now we know why companies like Citadel and other major corporations are getting the hell out of Illinois while they can. And the more corporate flight continues, the less working taxpayers will remain, and Chicago will look like Detroit before you know it. Okay, boys and girls, we have one final story today. The distressing account of a female National Guard recruit who was forced to share showers with a transgender individual identifying as a woman but still possessing male genitalia. The report raises serious concerns about privacy and personal comfort. An 18-year-old military recruit found herself in a distressing situation during basic training. Not only was she forced to shower with a biological male who identified as a woman, but she had to sleep in close proximity to two individuals who were in the midst of allegedly transitioning from male to female, both with beans and franks intact. The female recruit expressed significant distress about the matter, and you imagine the discomfort she must have felt. And this alarming incident caught the attention of Senator Mike Rounds, a Republican out of South Dakota, who raised the issue during a recent hearing. He shared the story of this young woman in the South Dakota National Guard who found herself in an uncomfortable situation. The recruit had limited options and feared retaliation if she spoke up. She watched erections and other things that guys do with their junk in the shower while they showered next to her nakedly. Recounting the young woman's predicament, Rounds highlighted the difficulties that she faced, including potential impact on her college plans and her dream of serving our nation. Is this a call of duty or just a potential booty call, as in a rape in the making? As these allegations came to light, Senator Rounds directed his concerns to General C.Q. Brown, nominee for the Chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff to the U.S. military. Brown acknowledged the importance of inclusivity while considering the comfort levels of all the individuals involved. He claims to have expressed a commitment to reviewing policies and approaches to ensure improvements can be made. Rounds, the senator, expressed his hope that if confirmed, General Brown would take the necessary steps to address this issue. I ask you this, since when are the rights of aberrant freaks more important than the rights of normal people? The answer, of course, in Biden's twisted sick America, always. That's all the time we have for this wonderful edition of the Truth Hurts program. Go out there and make it a great day. We'll see you next time, and bye-bye for now. Thank you for listening to the Truth Hurts program with Steve Z. Opinions expressed are protected free speech under the First Amendment to the U.S. Constitution. I apologize if you were offended, but I retract nothing because I speak the truth. Background music courtesy of Jason Shaw and Audionautics. This program is pre-recorded. Copyright 2023, the Truth Hurts program network, all rights reserved.